The fortune you found could be a dream come true, or a nightmare. You're playing baseball in a vacant lot when you stumble upon a beat-up old briefcase full of hundred-dollar bills. It's more money than you've ever seen in your life, and it's all yours. But now you have to decide what to do with it. Will you go visit your best friend who's away at summer camp, or go on a wild shopping spree down at the mall? If you decide to visit your friend at summer camp, turn to page 32. If you decide to go on a shopping spree, turn to page 7. But be careful, there are any number of people who would like to get their hands on your money. You could be accused of stealing the money and wind up in jail. Or you could become the richest, most famous person in the world. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. 16 exciting endings. Choose Your Own Adventure, book 98, You Are a Millionaire, by Jay Liebold. Illustrated by Ron Wing. <laughs> Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage Choose Your Adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. So we're like, I don't know, typical <laughs> 80s kid throwing money in the air. Yeah, that's probably not a great. That's amazing. Yeah, that cover is a little bit, uh, I don't know. But yeah, so this is, as far as I am aware, the only URA book that is written by somebody other than Edward Packard. Hmm. Uh, so I think Jay, Jay Leibold took a shot at it and Edward Packard shut his ass down. <laughs> went, nope, this is my my bag, motherfucker. Yes, steal my idea. There is a creeper in the bushes. Oh my god, there is. <laughs> and then there's like trash on the ground. Yeah. But... Is this a new illustrator, Ron Wing? No. Oh. Ron Wing's been around for a while. He just doesn't show up as often as he used to. Hmm. Yeah, this is interesting. You're coming to steal our money. He looks more shocked. Why are you throwing that money in the yeah, air? Yeah, you're littering. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Indian. He's got a single tear. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. What? What adventures await us while we try and figure out how to spend money? Like, apparently, we're not even planning on spending it because throwing it all over the place. All we're going to do is throw it in the air this whole time. So that's a thing. Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have when you find a satchel filled with over a million dollars. From time to time as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you have are the results of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make a decision. Having a million dollars can be exciting, but being a millionaire can also be dangerous. Even if you are able to take the money home, you may not get the chance to spend it. Good luck. According to the internet, a million dollars in 1990 would be equivalent of almost two million dollars today. Woo! So, woo, go us. Well, Not enough to, for me to retire even at that amount. 
You're kicking around in a vacant lot with your friend Bruce. As one does. (laughs) Searching for heroin needles. (laughs) It's a hot summer day. Your shirt is sticking to your back and you're bored. Yo amigo! Bruce calls to you. Catch! He throws a heroin needle at you. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce throws a ball from the other end of the lot and you watch as it sails over your head and into a thicket of bushes. Oh, wait, is Bruce the oh, creeper on the front? Could be. Oh, could be. Could be. Maybe this is the end of your friendship. Yeah. You sigh and think maybe you should go home. You and Bruce have already played all the games you can think of, and he's beaten you every time. <laughs> You're starting to get tired of him. Yeah, huh? that's true. <laughs> just started. I already feel that way. Bruce is all right to hang out with. Until you run out of things to do. He's not much of a conversationalist. (laughs) You gotta boot him after you're done with games. Then he starts getting bossy and tries to push you around. He likes to be in charge, and since he's bigger than you and your friends, he usually gets away with it. Still, you don't mind doing stuff with him, especially since your other friends are away at camp. Usually, Bruce will shape up if you threaten to go home. Besides, it's not all his fault. He doesn't like to talk about it, but there are a lot of problems in his family. Well, there's a lot of dynamics going on so far in page one with you and Bruce. Trying to figure out how much this is going to actually play into the story. Probably not at all. Yeah, I know. (laughs) He's even tried to run away a couple of times, and he doesn't have many friends. He knows he's a little funny looking with his bristly black crew cut and his overgrown bulk and awkward limbs. But every once in a while, he surprises you. He's a bit of a daredevil, and sometimes he comes up with really good ideas. Okay, Bruce, you call to him. Go get the ball. No way, he calls back. You missed it. You go get it. Turn to page two. That was a weird opening page. (laughs) Time to go home, you say to yourself. You pull aside. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Ditch him. You pull aside the branches and make your way into the bushes, trying to get a glimpse of the ball. The problem is, you don't particularly like going home, now that Mrs. Harkley is there. Teresa, your younger sister, calls her the horrible Mrs. Harkley. At first, you were excited when your parents said they needed some time alone and were going to spend the summer in Europe. But you groaned when you found out Mrs. Harkley would be staying with you. Not an aunt or uncle this time, huh? Just a missus. Just a stranger. (laughs) You asked if they could get someone else, but your mother said she wouldn't be able to find another person she could trust on such short notice. Besides, Mrs. Harkley was lonely and could use the work. How many of So much background into these people, and I don't know how many of them are going to play any part in the story. Seriously. She's mostly just weird. (laughs) Like the way she walks around the house with rubber bands on her wrist as if she's going to shoot them at you if she catches you doing something wrong. Where did we find this woman? Is she our neighbor? Jay Lebel is working through past trauma with this book. (laughs) That's what I'm getting out of this so far. You do feel safe with Mrs. Harkley, and she does seem responsible. But instead of having more fun while your parents are gone, you have less. She makes you go to bed early. In the morning, after breakfast, she kicks you out of the house so she can sit around and watch soap operas all day. She doesn't like your friends to come over, and instead of chicken pot pies or spaghetti for dinner, you have to eat the things she likes, like liver and okra. Oh, yeah. She even keeps the cookies hidden, doling them out one by one. 
and won't let you take food into the living room while you watch TV. Wait, so you left your sister with this woman? Yeah, well, good, I think good job, they, they said we she kicks us out of the house, both of us. So, so we, but, I think so she we said she our, kicks you out of the house. Well, if she kicked <laughs> us both out, we, we just went our separate ways as our agreement. Now, in the vacant lot with Bruce, you can't see the ball in the bushes and realize you'll have to go farther in to find it. You part the branches and plunge in. Your legs get scratched and spider webs get in your face. The ball is nowhere in sight, but something else catches your eye. It's partially buried under some le- twigs and leaves. It's a heroin needle. As if hastily hidden. You brush aside the leaves and find an old beat-up leather satchel. It looks as though it's been through a war. The satchel is heavy. You start to say something to Bruce as you unhook the clasp and open it up. But you stop dead when you look in. Your eyes bug open wide. Holy moly, you whisper. It's full of money. Because this always ends well. Hey, Bruce calls. What are you doing in there? You stop gaping at the money and watch through the branches as Bruce walks toward you. Should you tell him about it? Or should you hide the satchel and come back for it later? You close the bag, thinking fast. Bruce is getting closer. He may already have seen you with it. If you tell Bruce about the money, turn to page 75. If you decide not to mention the money, turn to page 10. So do we want a no country for old men this, or do we want a simple plan this? Uh, I feel like the less people who know about it, the better. Agreed. Uh, No country for old men it is, then. We're not real close friends with this guy anyway. Yeah, we kind of think he's a dick. The ball's lost, you call to Bruce from the bushes. No, it's not, he says. I'll find it. What's in there anyway? I saw you pick something up. Heroin needle. Nothing, you say, starting to make your way out. What, he says, crashing his way in. What is it? Nothing, you repeat. You block his path. Let's go get some ice cream. What's in there, he insists. Get out of my way. (laughs) That's what Bruce sounds like. You're going to have to kill Bruce. For some reason, Bruce is set on looking around in the bushes. Maybe your tone of voice gave you away. Yeah, maybe, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Bruce, I'm tired of this, you say in an exaggerated voice. You start to turn him around and push him back the other way. Hey. Get your grubby hands off me, he says, knocking you aside. No. Bruce seems determined. You try desperately to think of a way to stop him. All you can come up with is to call him a name and start a fight. You're sure to lose. (laughs) But it might be the only way to keep him from finding the money. If you want to start a fight with Bruce, turn to page 116. If you resign yourself to letting him look in the bushes, turn to page 91. I mean, we already went on this road of not telling Bruce, so because we fight him. Yeah, sure. Let's start a fight. <laughs> Do we go to jail because we accidentally kill him? Oh, that would be swell. Smash him with a rock. Watch what you're doing, Buster. That's the name that we're oh, calling him. It's on now. Ooh, you snap at Bruce, shoving him away from you. There's no worse thing you could call a Bruce. No. He pushes you in the chest, retorting, I told you to keep your hands off of me. Watch it, fatso, you say, pushing back. Oh, poor Bruce. This is going to come out in therapy later. We're body shaming him now. (laughs) Bruce's eyes light up in anger. You knew this would happen. His weight is one thing Bruce is really sensitive about. 
he slapped your head. You, <laughs> okay. you, you lunge at him, butting his chest and pummeling his belly. He wrestles you to the ground. Sharp branches tear at your clothes and skin. You grapple together, rolling one over the other through the bushes until you come out on open ground. Covered in heroin needles. <laughs> you give him a good fight, but Bruce's greater size and weight slowly begin to win out. You find yourself pinned to the ground, exhausted with Bruce sitting on your back, pushing your face into the dirt. That'll teach you, you little dweeb, he crows. Eat dirt. Are you a little dweeb? You say nothing, determined to hold out. Bruce twists your hair and pushes your face harder into the ground. Are you a little dweeb, he taunts. You can barely breathe. Then you remind yourself of the purpose of the whole fight. It's for the money. Do it for the money. <laughs> I'm a little dweeb, you say, trying to sound defeated. Oh, that starts something. That's us getting our ass kicked. Yeah, that's going to wake up something in you for later. <laughs> Bruce lets up and gets to his feet. That's right, he says with disgust. You stay on the ground pretending you can't get up, which isn't far from the truth. Don't mess with me, Bruce says, strutting away. That's all I'm telling you. Don't mess with me. Right, Bruce, you mutter. Your lip is wet. Tasting, you realize it's blood. I hope you learned your lesson, twerp, Bruce taunts as he walks off. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Jerk, you call after him. Wimp, he calls back. Donut. Turkey. Claude. Dweeb. You keep up the name calling until Bruce's voice fades in the distance. I don't, I don't even understand how that worked. Just fuck him already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like he would have just beat the crap out of you and then gone back into the bushes. Right. It just doesn't. Well, maybe he just, you know, squirrel. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Seems like there would be easier ways to distract him than to get your ass kicked by him, though, in that case. Yeah. Like, throw a red ball. Oh, wait, we lost the ball. Well, I hope this was worth it. We can pay for his therapy with all this money. I ain't paying for his therapy. That guy <laughs> called me a dweeb. That's true. <laughs> Leaning on your elbows, you tilt your head back and use your t-shirt to stop your nosebleed. Finally, you get to your feet. A wave of dizziness hits you. You have to lie down again until it passes. You head back into the bushes for the satchel, lug it out, and sit down. When you start pulling the money out, you find it's wrapped up in neat bundles of $100 bills. You pull out bundle after bundle in amazement. The money feels weird. You can't believe it's real. You wonder where it came from. The serial numbers aren't in order and the bills aren't new. Okay, good. We're sitting outside in a public park. Yeah, We're sitting in bushes. Woo, throwing it up in the air. We're in bushes. We're we, we pulled it out of the bushes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And we're just pulling wads of cash out. All right. You pick the satchel up, surprised to find it's very heavy. Where should you take it, you wonder? Should you keep it for yourself or try to find out who it belongs to? You could go straight to the bank and deposit it right now, or you could take it home and think it over. If you head for the bank, turn to page 12. If you go home, turn to page 14. I kind of want to see this hilarious, potentially bank scene. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I mean, they're going to take it from us. Yeah, they're going to be like, why do you have all this money, kid? Yeah, fuck it. Let's take it to the bank just to see what happens. But that's got to be at the end. You grab the satchel full of money and lug it down the street. The bank is several blocks away. And by the time you 
heave the leather bag up to the teller's window, you're covered with sweat. <laughs> so you're... Have a bloody nose. You have blood all over your shirt. You're covered in sweat and potentially dirt and scratches. And you have a briefcase full of a million dollars. Heroin needles. Nothing suspicious here. No. Nope. And you're 12. (laughs) This will go fine. May I help you? The teller asks politely. I'd like to open a new account, you say, in a business-like voice. How much do you have to deposit? She asks. I'm not sure, you reply, scratching your head. (laughs) About a million dollars, I think. She smiles at you as she opens the satchel, but her face falls when she sees the money. She looks you over, and suddenly you're aware of your torn clothes, the blood on your face, (laughs) and the bruises on your arms. Is this your money, she asks? Finder's keeper, so yes. Yes, you say confidently. (laughs) I I earned it mowing lawns. (laughs) She makes some sort of movement with her foot as if she's stepping on a bug. Well then, she says smoothly, would you like to put it in a checking account or a savings account? You're mulling over the advantages of each when suddenly you find yourself surrounded by men in blue uniforms. One of them puts Mailman? a hand on <laughs> <laughs> One of them puts a hand on your shoulder. Another grabs the satchel and says, You'll have to come down to the station with us. At the station, the police fill out forms and fingerprint you. Then a detective takes you into an interrogation room. Where did you get the money, he asks. Yeah, I, I earned it in lawns. I'm a male gigolo. <laughs> you tell them how you found the satchel in a vacant lot hidden in the bushes. You just found it there, the detective says skeptically. You nod. The detective looks over at the other policeman in the room. He takes a deep breath and says... You must understand this looks pretty suspicious. Here you walk into a bank with a satchel full of money. You're covered with bruises. You have blood all over your face. Your clothes are torn to shreds. And you say you just found some money. Now, if you were me, what would you think? But I can explain, you answer quickly, proceeding to tell them about your fight with Bruce. The detective nods as you speak. Yeah, when please try my friend in here for questioning. When you're done, he dispatches an officer to bring Bruce down to the station. Hell yeah. We'll check your story, he says. If I'm going under, I'm going to drag Bruce with me. I was gonna say, this book is bound and determined to get Bruce involved in this. Yeah, it is. Well, he's had a rough childhood. He deserves some money. <laughs> but even if your friend can confirm it, we'll have to hold you in custody until we find out exactly where the money came from. Uh-oh, our babysitter's not going to be happy. And whether a crime was committed. Seeing the frightened look on your face, he adds, It won't be so bad. The first thing we need to do is get a doctor to fix those cuts. Two weeks later, you're back home, cleared of any wrongdoing, but also of any claim to the money. The detective tells you it's been funneled to the proper channels. God damn it. What does that even mean? (laughs) His pocket. Uh Uh-huh. Half of it back to the mafia who it belonged to in the first place. The other half in his pocket. No finder's fee. You never do find out where it came from or where it went. Bruce calls the next day. I knew you were a dweeb, he says. The end. <laughs> well, boo. Blame. Jay Lebel, blame. Lame. Well, should we involve Bruce early on, not fight Bruce, or take it home? We should take it home. Okay. I'm trying to get no. Bruce out of the picture as quickly as possible. Okay. But the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> the one and a half pages of backstory. 
Well, now we get to involve uh, our yeah. babysitter. This is Haversham or whatever her name was. <laughs> in her backstory. Uh, you grab the satchel and lug it down the street toward your house, hoping no one sees you. With your torn clothes and bloody face, you must be a real sight. You go to the front door of the house, figuring Miss Harkley will be back in the kitchen making dinner. You turn the knob slowly, push open the door, and listen. All is quiet. Quickly, you slip through the door. Haul the satchel up to your room and stash it in the back of your closet. With the satchel safely hidden, you go down the hall and run a hot bath. Mrs. Harkley yells something up to you when she hears the water. I'm taking a bath, you yell back. You turn off the water. (laughs) Free dinner bath. Nothing suspicious here. (laughs) You turn off the water, lock the bathroom door, and ease yourself into the hot tub. For a while, you just... You have a hot tub? It's it's a hot... <laughs> for a while you just i mean we probably will have a hot tub and, mm-hmm. you know a couple more pages but. well if we already have a hot tub why do we need the money oh <laughs> Maybe we should just give That's it to bruce yeah. <laughs> for a while you just lie and soak you let your mind go blank your scratches and bruises throbbing as the steam rises out of the water once you feel like yourself again you start to think about the satchel Where did the money come from? And why did someone leave it in the bushes? Maybe they were being chased and had to hide it. But why? Doesn't matter. It's your money now. Just like to point out uncomfortably that we are a small child sitting naked in the bathtub, throbbing. (laughs) You picture the satchel sitting quietly in the darkness of your closet. There's something scary about it, like a bomb waiting to go off. (laughs) Maybe you're starting to regret your choice. Anything could happen. You feel overwhelmed. Maybe you should tell an adult about it. Since your parents can't be reached in Europe, Mrs. Harkley is the logical person to tell. Even though she's weird, you should be able to trust her to know what to do. Then again, you could take the satchel to the police, but what if the money belongs to some crook and the police don't know that when the crook comes to claim it? Right. Oh, they're bad at their jobs. (laughs) Or... What if the police just decide to keep it for themselves? That's what ding, I ding, think ding. happened. Yeah. Aren't you just as good, if not a better person to have it? Even if the money wasn't gotten dishonestly, you have to think that anyone carrying around cash like that must have hurt someone else to get it. You all tried to. Mrs. Harkley's voice cuts through your thoughts. Dinner time! I'll be down in a minute. God, you call back. You set to work scrubbing the dirt and blood off your face as you try to decide what to do about the satchel. If you tell Mrs. Harkley about the money, turn to page 50. If you take the satchel to the police station tomorrow, turn to page 64. If you keep the satchel for yourself, turn to 109. That one? Yeah. Jesus, he really wants us to involve someone else in this. I was going to say that, too. I was really hoping they weren't going to force us to involve someone else. No, I was going to be real mad if they did. The police station one is different than the other police station one, though. That's fine. I still like it. It starts off that way. Well, I mean, we took a bath, so they can't tell that we got into a fight. Oh, right. That's true. At dinner, you only mentioned that you had a fight with Bruce. You feel funny not telling your sister, Teresa, or Mrs. Harkley about the money. You also feel a little guilty, as if you've just embarked on a life of crime. You don't know how I feel. (laughs) After you've washed the dishes, you go up to your room and putter about. You're a millionaire now. You don't need to wash your dishes anymore. 
mm-hmm. but you can't concentrate on anything. You're thinking too much about the money and what to do with it. You're rich now. You look at yourself in the mirror trying to see a difference. You look the same. It's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's the same. (laughs) (laughs) You thought when something like this happened, you'd suddenly become a totally different person. But you don't feel any different, except that you know there's a briefcase full of money in your closet. Maybe once you start spending it, things will change. You'll change. It has to change your life somehow. For starters, you can buy whatever you want. For starters, they'll put you in a new tax bracket. Yeah. (laughs) You fall asleep thinking of all the things you may soon own. When you wake up in the morning, you wonder if you do want to keep the money all to yourself. Your best friend Bill is at summer camp in the mountains. You could take a taxi up there and visit him. Or would you rather take the taxi downtown to the shopping mall and start buying things? If you go to the shopping mall, turn to page 7. If you go visit Bill at summer camp, turn to page 32. <laughs> Why haven't they given us a backstory about Bill yet? <laughs> well, That's we true. Maybe when we get to summer camp, but we're not going to summer camp. I mean, to be honest, I am kind of curious about that summer camp. I mean, we write Bruce out, but we tell Bill. Well, the, well, the thing is, well, one, Bill is our best friend. Yeah. But the, the other thing is, these books, the most boring part of these books is always the spend money part. It's true. Always winds up. I don't know. Oh, should we throw a curve and just go to see our friend? I mean, I kind of want to see. Okay, let's go see our friend. Damn it, I already turned. I know you did. Uh (laughs) We can get in more shenanigans with our best friend with this money than we could allow, I bet. We could buy the summer camp and live there. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Using the upstairs phone so that no one overhears you, you call a taxi and ask to be picked up at your corner. Then you throw some things into an overnight bag and get the satchel out of the closet. We're taking the whole thing. Yeah, we are. Apparently. Well, this taxi ride ain't going to be cheap. We can't. Yeah, we can't leave it unobserved. Yes, unattended. Unattended. You don't want to risk Mrs. Hartley finding it. Yeah, when she's digging through your closet as as she does daily. She's looking for your point. She does, yeah. You write a note to Teresa telling her you've gone up to visit Bill and leave it on her bed. (laughs) You manage to slip out the front door with your bags. The cab is pulling up to the curb just as you arrive at the corner. You open the door, throw in the bags, and climb in. Take me to Camp Pine, you say. And where's that kid? In the mountains, the driver says incredulously. (laughs) Seven states away. That's three hours away. (laughs) You hand him a hundred dollar bill from the satchel saying, I'll pay the rest when we get there. You reach into your satchel in front of him and pull out a hundred dollar bill. Start counting it. As the cab heads to the mountains, you suddenly realize how crazy this trip is. But then you you realize you like doing crazy things. You relate to the realizations in this one. (laughs) You realize you're kind of a nutter. (laughs) Three hours later, the taxi pulls up in front of the main lodge of Camp Pine. You pay the driver the rest of what you owe him, plus a big tip. Thanks a lot, he calls after you. You find the camp director's office and ask the secretary where Bill is. She consults her activity sheet and tells you, he's with the ditch digging group. <laughs> that is yes. a camp. Fun, fun. Yeah, it's probably of, a fat camp. I'm glad I went to camp now. Oh boy. Probably a fat camp or gay conversion therapy. Or, <laughs> oh. yeah, that's what it is. When will he be back, you say? 
It's highly irregular to allow visitors, the secretary warns. Yeah, hey kid, what are you doing here? Are you supposed to be camping? Here's a hundred bucks out of my yeah. satchel. <laughs> but if you stay out of the way, you can see him when he gets back tonight at seven. You spend the afternoon hanging around the camp. It doesn't look like a very fun place. It was a ditch digging section, so yeah, it's not. <laughs> when Bill arrives tired but happy to see you, he confirms your impression. This place is more like boot camp than a summer camp. They make us get up at six to do calisthenics. Then we all have chores like scraping paint or cleaning the latrines. With our tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we do get to do activities, they take all the fun out of it by making it into a big competitive thing. Bill checks to make sure no counselors are listening before he goes on. But stick around. A bunch of us are going to sneak out tonight and have a campfire in the woods. How'd you get up here anyway? I'll tell you tonight, you answer. Later that night, you meet Bill and a bunch of other campers in a clearing in the woods. Where are you for the rest of that time? <laughs> Wandering around this camp. Handing out hundred dollar bills <laughs> from your satchel. Don't tell anyone that I have a million dollars. Here's a hundred. <laughs> you recognize some of them from school, but even those you don't know seem friendly. You all set to work building a fire and collecting wood. Shouldn't that be reversed? Mm -hmm, yeah, whatever. Yes. Soon a bright blaze is burning, with everyone gathered around it, toasting marshmallows and telling stories. So, Bill says to you, what are you doing here? Instead of answering, you pull him aside and open the satchel for him. You've just been lugging it around. Lug it, that's, that's where we're getting our $100 bills from, to hand them to everybody. It's true. It takes a moment for the contents to register with him, and then he draws in a sharp breath. What did you do? Rob a bank, he whispers. Well, thank God he's discretionary and whispers. You tell Bill the whole story. He just shakes his head in amazement. What are you going to do with it, he asks. That's what I came to talk to you about, you reply. I want to start a business. But we can <laughs> wait until later. Let's have some marshmallows and hang out for now. The party gets wilder as the night goes on. You join in singing songs and telling stories. Then as the flames begin to flicker, people start talking about what they want to do with their lives. I've got a question, Bill says. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Clever. Mm. I'd buy an island, a girl named Marina says. That's going to cost you more than a million dollars, dummy. With, what would you actually do? <laughs> with palm trees and warm emerald green water all around it. I wouldn't do anything but work on my tan. I'm talking about for reals, though. <laughs> Is there an option to buy an island that doesn't have water around it? Yes. I'd put it away for college, a serious-looking girl named Ramona says. With a very deep, manly voice. It costs about that much these days. <laughs> Who needs college when you have that much money, a boy called Greg asks. I'd invest it in a, the stock market and make a billion. There we go. There's the smart one. Mm -hmm. Sorry, or, Bill, you're not my best friend anymore. It's Craig now. <laughs> or lose it all, Bill puts in. Then I'd start taking over corporations, Greg goes on. The first one I'd buy would be a candy company. Chocolate for life. For life! <laughs> I mean, that's what we get for asking children what they would do with a million dollars. Chocolate. I'd buy a baseball team, a freckly boy named Peter says. Okay. Then I could be the manager. More than a million dollars, kid. Come on. Most garbage baseball team available. <laughs> what a bunch of capitalists, Ramona says. 
After I had enough for my education, I'd use the rest for a good cause. Yeah, you could start a wildlife refuge, someone says, or find a cure for cancer. I like to feed all the hungry children in the world, Greg says with a mock sweet voice, for one day. Then they can go back to starving. I hate to tell you this, Ramona, but a million dollars isn't going to solve the world's problems. It's a start, Ramona replies. Fight! Fight! (laughs) Fight! You're just going to cause more. Your candy company will probably pollute the water and then make other people pay to clean it up. Fucking socialist. (laughs) I'd buy a huge telescope, a skinny boy named Tommy puts in, and a supercomputer. I'd be an independent scientist and spend all of my time looking at the stars and making discoveries. Sounds real fun, Marina snorts, but I'd let you put your telescope on my island. Is that a pickup line? (laughs) Yes. So, I'd buy a TV station and make programs for my friends so we wouldn't have to watch regular television, a girl named Lila says. You can have that on my island too, Marina says. Oh, she swings both ways. I mean, her island swings both ways. (laughs) (laughs) How about a summer camp, Bill says, so we don't have to do the dumb things they make us do here. Yeah, I'd buy Camp Pine, and on the first day, I'd fire the director, Ramona says. What a great idea, Bill says. He looks at you. What do you think? It could be an investment. Everyone looks at you with curiosity. If you're going to tell them about the money, now is obviously the time. What? (laughs) Jesus Christ, Bill. (laughs) But you're not sure. (laughs) <laughs> Do you want to share the money with this group? No. No. There's only one good idea. Or would you rather stay quiet and keep it to yourself? Yes. If you decide to involve the group, turn to page 34. If you'd rather not say anything about the money, turn to page 84. Yeah, that's yeah, 84. Fine. <laughs> <sighs> We're not telling these jack wagons nothing. You shake your head at Bill. You'd rather not tell all these people about the money. It's too risky to let so many people in on it. Let's just forget it, you say, and look away. Bill shrugs and changes the subject. Pretty soon people start yawning and decide it's time to sneak back into their bunks. You can hide with me, Bill says. I've got a sleeping bag you can use. You and that money can hide with me. In the morning, you head back home on the bus. Mrs. Harkley is furious at you for going away without telling her. Give her $100, she shuts up. (laughs) I was worried sick, she scolds you. What would I tell your parents if something happened to you? You're grounded for a week. You tell her that you're a bad babysitter? Yeah. You figure you'll have to obey her and not cause any more trouble, but you feel better knowing that in a week you'll be able to start spending your money. The time passes slowly, but finally the end of the week comes. The morning of the following day, you wake up early, eager to go down to the mall and shop. Turn to page seven. Oh, so we're going to go shopping anyway. That was just a detour. Yeah. I guess the whole point there was to share the money with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to go down to the mall and share our money with everybody at the mall. Yeah, we're sure. little Scrooge McDucks. That's fine. You get up, stuff some $100 bills into your pocket, and eat a quick breakfast. Then, before Miss Harkley has a chance to ask you where you're going, you get out of the house and catch a taxi downtown to the shopping mall. Your first stop is the electronics store. Hells yeah. A salesman asks if he can help you. I'm interested in a portable cassette deck, you say in a casual voice. Top of the line. The salesman shows you various tape boxes and explains their features. You choose one and add for good measure. I'd like to get a Walkman too. 
You're pleased by how polite and respectful the salesman is towards you. He seems to be begging you to buy more. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Not today, you say, but maybe tomorrow. You peel off a few bills and march out of the store with your purchases. Do you buy any tapes? We're members of the Columbia, what the hell's the name? Music that? Club. Yeah. yeah. You decide you need something to play on your stereo. Oh, all right. So you go down to the record store and, and buy, buy some, some records. Tapes. <laughs> 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 and buy some tapes you've always wanted. You spot a few more and buy them as well, just in case you get tired of the first ones. Bust a move by Young MC. Mm hmm. 15 copies. <laughs> that evening. NWA, all the NWA. <laughs> We're such a little white boy. <laughs> That evening, Teresa discovers everything you bought. She's impressed with your tape player, but doesn't think to ask how you paid for it. You play <laughs> it for her. That's a good sister. <laughs> no questions. No questions. You play it for her, showing her how loud it can go. As you turn it back down, you can make out Mrs. Harkley's voice yelling something at you. Pipe down, you call back to her. Luckily, she doesn't hear you. <laughs> The next day, you decide you need a new bike, plus an aquarium, new clothes, and a VCR. The day after, it's a computer, a leather jacket, and a fleet of radio-controlled cars. A whole fleet. Oh, we're burning through that money. Yeah, we are. For the next week, shopping is the main activity of your life. <laughs> Every day you get up, eat breakfast, and head down to the mall for a hard day of finding, appraising, and buying stuff. The more you buy, the more you think of to buy. But strangely, the more you buy, the less satisfying each new item is. Not only that, it gets harder and harder to enjoy your new things. <laughs> oh, you're doing it wrong, man. If you show too many of them to Teresa or your friends, they'll catch on to your secret. Already people are asking questions like, What'd you do, rob a bank? You just laugh and change the subject. Yes, I did. But you have to sneak more and more of your new purchases into the house and hide them away in your closet. You find yourself becoming secretive and paranoid. Then one day at the mall, as you're plopping down a few hundred for a CD player, you feel a tug on your sleeve. It's Teresa staring wide-eyed at the wad of bills in your hand. Wow, she breathes. Where did that come from? Oh, I've been saving it up, you say, as if it's no big deal. Teresa just looks at you. You just need to rent a separate apartment. You have the money. You just store all your shit in there. You realize it's time to make a decision. You can't keep piling things up in your closet unless you tell Teresa and your friends about the money and maybe share it with them. Otherwise, you'll have to hide it and hide it well. It almost seems like the money is more trouble than it's worth. Because we're dumb and we're making it more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should just bury it. Then when you're older, you can dig it up and figure out what to do with it. Teresa is still looking at you. Wait until we get home, you say. If you tell Teresa about the money, turn to page 23. If you bury the money instead, turn to page 36. Bury it. I mean, I'm fine telling my sister, but I'm not going to tell all of my friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah let's I mean, bury, that's what they're suggesting. Let's bury that shit. That's a good idea. I like it. At home, you explain to Teresa that you've been saving money for years, and now you've decided to spend some. You know she knows you're not giving her the whole story, but you decide it's better not to bring her into it. The next day, after Mrs. Harkley has gone shopping, you go out into the backyard with a shovel and dig a deep hole. You wrap the satchel in several plastic garbage bags, 
drop it in the hole, and quickly cover it with dirt. You then hide the hole by putting dead leaves and grass over it. Now that you've gotten rid of the money, you feel as though a weight has been lifted from your shoulders. You don't have to worry about it being discovered. You don't have to worry about whom to share the money with. Instead, you can go on with your normal life, knowing that sometime in the future, when you need it, when you're ready for it, you'll be able to dig up your treasure. The end. He's burying a body. He's <laughs> burying the body in the backyard. Excellent. Uh, I I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. That's it, kind of where I'm at. It's kind of, I mean, it's better than some of the other URA books. Mm-hmm. Sure. The big problem with it is that the choices always feel off. Oh, yeah. They no. feel railroady like. Yeah, definite railroad. Sure. Yeah. Well, and they were trying to teach you lessons in that one, which I don't appreciate. Yeah, I don't need any moral lessons from the 80s. <laughs> like, the, I mean, technically it's the 90s at this point, but that's the high point of like out-of-control capitalism. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so. That may be a soft recommend on that one. Yeah. Yeah. You could do a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Jay Lebel, like, kind of default to liking his books anyway, so. Yeah. I, I, I liked it fine. I'd give it a soft recommend, too. So, if you want to check out more Choose Your Own Adventure stuff, go to cyoa.com. If you want to check out more stuff from us, go to incrediblydaring.com. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. The end.